air and streaming on the web since 1996, this is Cinematic Sound. Welcome to Cinematic Sound Radio's continuing series of film composer interviews. On today's program, we're going to introduce you to Juliet Merchant. Merchant is an emerging British composer who has written for television, film, and online platforms, and her music can be seen and heard on BBC, CBBC, ITV, and various international short films. Her style can be described as a hybrid of the traditional classical genre fused with a modern electronic twist. However, she can prove that she is adept at writing in a wide variety of genres. She is a classically trained pianist and achieved grade 8 piano ABRSM by the age of 16 and went on to perform professionally. She can now be found in venues all over London, playing in a wide variety of styles from jazz neoclassical improvisation. Her recent TV credits include Country File, Horrible Histories, and Jeremy Kyle. She's also created the audio logo for In Crowd in the United States that has an international online platform. In February of 2019, for Cinematic Sound Radio, Jason Drury talked to Juliet from her home in London. During the interview, she talked about her love for playing and composing music, how technology helps her compose, and also the problems she has encountered pitching for assignments as a woman in the composing industry. During the show, you'll also hear samples of her music and a suite from one of her favorite film scores, Chocolat, by Rachel Portman. And now, here's Jason Drury. Juliet Merchant, how did your interest in music start? Ah, uh-huh. so it was a very long time ago. I started playing the piano when I was maybe six. It was so long that I actually can't remember. And I loved it. I started lessons and I just kept playing and playing. And I remember my mother actually told me to stop playing because I should probably go to sleep. That's not how I work, apparently. And yeah, so I played all through my childhood. Then I hit teenagehood. And as every normal teenager does, suddenly hates everything. And I told my mom I was going to quit and I didn't care anymore. And she told me no, and I didn't. And I carried on, which was great. So um, it all started through piano. And then, how old was I? It was probably maybe, maybe three years ago, I think. I found composing. I never really considered it before. And I tried it out, but I didn't find it that much fun because I did it the old fashioned way of where you go on the piano and you write down the notes as you go. But then I found Ableton Live. And it was just a very free flowing way where you could just improvise and play it recorded you and you had so many different instruments at your disposal. So I just started and I made some random little tunes. And As I developed my skill, I kind of started networking. I bumped into a few people and I collaborated on some major TV programs. And then this grew and now I'm signed with EMI and I have an agent. And uh, yeah, I'm signed with some other music production companies. And here we are today. 
However, you started your career performing works on your piano. Yeah, yeah, I did um some volunteering stuff actually when I was a kid. I played on a boat. I played on the SS Great Britain, and I also played in nursing homes as well. And now, um, now I'm in London. I do kind of freelance work. For example, I. Play piano for a family evening the other day. They bought a beautiful vintage piano and refurbished it. They wanted somebody to come play, so somebody commissions me piano work, and I go and do it. So professionally, yes. <laughs> Have you performed in any film scoring sessions in the past? Um, no, I've never done one in the past, but I've recently been signed, as I said, by EMI, and they are actually working through pitches at the moment. And hopefully, a commission will come out of that. And they said very shortly, I should be hopefully flying over to maybe the Czech Republic or Vienna. I think they said, and hopefully riding out of school. It mainly comes because my music is a hybrid of electronic and classical, and often I put really strange effects on the classical music, so it's something you can't quite get through alive. Setting as well. So, when did you decide that it was time to start composing music? I remember it was just before I went to Russia, which was over three years ago. So I would say roughly around three years ago, because I remember taking my piano all the way to Russia in the middle of Russia and carrying it through the snow. But that's when I got, I suppose, really, really into it and wanted to kind of start doing it professionally. How did you get your first commission? It was actually quite a coincidence, as probably everything is in such a volatile industry. I was at Manchester Pride, and I was just standing and about to watch some music, and I bumped into the editor of ITV, and he was interested in my music and said, you know, we use music from all over the place, so like maybe we could work together. And boom, that's how that's how I got my first commission. It's completely random. So yeah, <laughs> it was all luck, really, in that in that instance, and it kind of grew from there. And from that meeting, you started getting assignments for programs which included, of all things, the Jeremy Kyle show. I didn't write the theme. I wrote kind of the interim parts for kind of it's like, well, you know, who cheated on who? And there's kind of like big music in the background. And that, yeah, that's my part. <laughs> and you've also worked on other assignments, not just for ITV, but for the BBC, which included the more gentle and a contrasting show to Jeremy Kyle, Country File. I am working with Motus Music with that, who are the people who actually kind of got everything rolling. I worked with them a lot. I played actually at the CEO's wedding, which was lovely. I played the piano. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of, I work on a commission basis. So the work comes in and I do it, I guess. <laughs> it's like very um, peaceful, happy, joyous, kind of kind of like birds in the background kind of thing, like very like wondrous. And because um, I kind of get like a different projects either from production companies that send me commissions or I go out and network and meet people who are making um, films and everything and we'll work together on something, which is actually what I'm mainly working on right now.
and that was a piece entitled The Sea Reminded Me of Indigo, composed by my guest today, Juliet Merchant. I'm Jason Drury. Now, Juliet, the film and TV music industry is admittedly very male-dominated at this moment. When did you first realise that you were having difficulty in getting assignments being a female composer? So it was definitely when I went to my first networking event. And, well, so essentially, this is the deal. If you're a female, you go to networking events and you have to try and navigate it in a way that everybody doesn't just see you as a speed dating porn, essentially, in the process. Because, and I'm not kidding, apart from maybe one person I can think of, I will go to these places, we'll be talking, oh, that sounds like a great project, I'd be really interested to work with you, you know, take my business card, we can get together, let's have a coffee, let's have a drink or something, let's talk over it. And either I follow them up on it, or they'll follow me up on it, and I'll say, oh yeah, no, that it was really great meeting you, let, let's meet again. And the person will go, oh, well, you know, we could go to this place and have dinner. Then it's starting to sound a little bit more like a date, and then as soon as they hear that maybe I have a boyfriend or I'm not interested, that business opportunity goes away. And that's happened pretty much every single time I've tried to connect with somebody. And it's a bit disconcerting when you go to a networking event and you realize that everyone in the room sees you as a speed dating event. And it was interesting actually also to hear other female composers on this. I met a girl at a different networking event and who was a composer. And she said, when I'm here and I'm standing next to a guy, they will assume that I am his girlfriend. And, you know, like he's doing the work. I am just the pretty one that's standing there. And it's, yeah, it's kind of getting to know the industry a lot better because there aren't many female composers and not many composers at all at networking events. So even less female ones. Yes, I myself can't believe the fact that there's some people around who think a woman composer cannot score a film just as well as a male composer. It's something I just kind of get my head around. No, it's true. It is very, very true. And it's interesting that kind of when you're first emerging in the industry, maybe you have to get over that jump of being a woman first because that's how everybody sees you first. <laughs> and then once you get in that, you're kind of a bit more in the clear. But most people see you as somebody who has a face and a body that they might be attracted to rather than somebody who makes music, which is annoying. Yeah, no, but I was going to say, I don't think that's the only reason, you know, for sexism in the industry. No, it just reminded me of a time when I'd been talking to somebody at a networking event. And these networking events are crammed right and they are loud. So you have to go close to people's faces in order to even speak. And everybody was doing that. Men, women, any, everybody. And we had talked and he said that, you know, he wanted to put me on his books kind of for game music. That sounds great. I would love that. That would be wonderful to work with you. And as I was leaving... He follows me all the way down this hallway of where I was alone because I, I was going to get the elevator and cornered me and tried to kiss me. And it's just, when will people start to take women seriously for what they do rather than what they look like? I'm sorry, it's so annoying. And this isn't just the film industry. This is life. This, this happens all the time, every day. <laughs> and I want to shout this message loudly to everybody that can hear it and say, hey, please just treat people with respect. 
How, in your opinion, should the imbalance in the industry be corrected? So I'm going to go back to what I said before, and I think it should start very, very early with children and empower girls, I guess, at that stage to realize that they can also be logical. I know it's a very simple idea, but girls are taught that they are not logical and that they are creative. And I think that you know, we're all creative and we're all logical in different kind of varying forms. But we need to show girls that they can do computers, they can go out and create music and use the programs and actually do the research to find them. It's just that kind of ingrained thinking that girls can actually do what boys can do. That's it. We need to put that idea in their heads and not just think that they're all about buying new shoes. I really think it starts there. And also, I think we need to kind of make people aware, especially maybe men in the industry, aware that what they're doing could be destructive when they kind of mix relationships with professional relationships. I don't think it's just because women are being rejected out of the industry. I don't think that's the case. I think they have an extra challenge. I do think it's kind of the mindset that people think that you need to go into composing. They think that you need a male mindset that is focused on machines and understanding computer programs because Ableton Live is complex. It takes a while to learn, but it's not overly complicated. But it is very computery and people think, oh, well, computers are for boys, like that kind of stuff. That's not for me. And it's not that I actively thought that. It's that I actively didn't think of finding a computer program, if you see what I mean. For some reason, men, because they're brought up in a culture that is very kind of pro-computers, pro-logic in that way, they, they actually subconsciously go and find more about this information. Whereas girls are more steered in a direction of like meet with your friends and go shopping or like go on social media and, you know, like look pretty. And so we don't culturally somehow we're diverted away from even wanting to go out and access that information. And it was only because a man showed me Ableton Live that I am here composing today if you see what I mean. And I really would love to inspire women to learn like any DAW, like maybe Logic or Ableton Live or anything like that and get out there and just try it because it's not too complicated. How have you begun to make a stand against sexism in the film music industry? So I was actually going to uh, mention this. So I recently actually met with one of my friends, Caroline, who is from Pelican Pictures. And we are currently working on something for feminism, essentially, in the industry. And I'm really, really excited about it because we're going to kind of hopefully not just even women, people of colour, the LGBTQ plus community as well, anybody who's felt oppression in this world, what we want to do is get maybe like a hundred or so stories and intertwine them together. And I want to help her with this production and obviously do the music as well. So that's kind of like my current stand. I'm also just trying to get the word out. I've I've messaged a lot of people about kind of what's happening in the industry and the fact that there just aren't any female composers. Some people are interested, some people aren't. I also try and use my social media. I personally 
don't know any female composers. And I put it up on my social media and I didn't get any responses. There's no female composers out there. I know at all. Like personally, I mean.
That was a suite of two pieces. One, You Thief and You Won't Get Far, composed by my guest today, Juliet Merchant. I am Jason Drury. Now, Juliet, how do you describe your musical style and which composers have influenced this musical style? Um, I would say my biggest inspiration is Hans Zimmer. I've seen him live and I just think he's very cool. <laughs> I know that he works a lot with other musicians and that's also what I aspire to do. I'm working with my friend who is a singer at the moment and, you know, just exploring different genres as well, which is always fun. But I love the gigantic sounds that he makes through electronic instruments and that's kind of what I would like to do with my work. Obviously not just plagiarise but create the texture and the complexity and the largeness that he does with his sounds but also have that those, those beautiful classical lines going through as well. My, I guess my own kind of style twinge on that is that I like to distort everything. I like things to sound a little strange. Another influence I would like to say is uh, my brother was very into computer games and again, the Final Fantasy series is something that's very ingrained in my childhood and I think I got an inspiration by. As well as Joe Hisashi, who does Studio Ghibli, as I'm sure you know. He is beautiful. It's not my type of music, like as in I don't create that type of music, but I would like to think that maybe some of my melodies are a little bit um, inspired by that. But to talk about my kind of style, I write very much from the heart, as I'm sure many musicians do, so I'm not new there. But I don't leave out maybe the ugliness of the heart, which basically represents itself in a lot of distortion. And I use electronic music instruments and I use classical instruments and I put the distortion over the top of everything. And I love using ethnic instruments as well. Um, I travelled a lot of kind of around Russia and Eastern Europe and I've come across some crazy instruments such as the bones and like I've played the balalaika and I now have an accordion in my closet which I like to play and they all kind of creep in somehow. I, I like to use organs as well and put loads of reverb on and just blast them out. Yeah, I have some orchestral pieces as well. You might not recognize them because they might be slightly distorted, but I've done full orchestral sets in my lifetime and it's that's good fun as well. I really like working in a very structured way because it feels familiar and that feels nice sometimes, you know?
That was a piece called 34 from the short film The Last of 34 about the British spies Burgess and Maclean. Directed by Abad Shadik and composed by my guest today, Juliet Merchant. And Juliet, you also worked on a film with Shadik called The Inevitable, which was shortlisted for the BFI short film selection. Yeah, that was really interesting. I worked with an Indian director who I'm still working with now. And the, the reason I bring up that he's Indian is because he went back home and he really wanted to make a film about his own culture, about burials and actually how sacred they are and the process of that happens and why that happens and what that happens to people's psychology when there is a burial in a specific process and how people process the afterlife process and it was just really fantastic to work with somebody who I've I mean I'd never heard of that before I've never been to India and I haven't studied that much about it so it was fantastic creating music and also learning so much about a new culture and such a beautiful side of it i know it's about death but it was actually a very beautiful side of it i would like to talk about maybe another short film i did with samira Garain, and she researched kind of specifically female slaves in america and that's actually i really enjoyed making that piece of music because i also felt very strongly about it and kind of had researched that as well and the oppression that felt kind of really power through that music she messaged me afterwards she she called me and she said your music made me cry and that was a personal success for me Juliet, which female composers do you admire the most? So, actually, I've got a bit of an old-fashioned one because um, I love classical music and especially in the Romantic era, which, of course, incorporates Schumann. Robert Schumann is obviously always known for his works. They're great, they're fantastic, and you can't deny that he was a wonderful composer. However, behind that, as I'm sure, is now becoming a very well-known idea that there was his um his wife clara schumann who actually outlived him and she her music and maybe it's because she's a woman i know that she's a woman and that i am a woman that i resonate more with her music than his music she was always very kind of quiet and down but when you hear the kind of span of emotion and the intricate, delicate passages that she plays on the piano. There's something different about that, and I think it's because I understand maybe her a little bit more than I would if a male composer, maybe. I'm not sure, so I'm I'm very much a fan of her. Well, of course, like Rachel Portman herself, I think, uh, Le Chocolat, which is a fantastic movie, and I listen to the soundtrack all of the time. Yeah, I think she is also really cool. <laughs>
And that was music from the 2000 film Chocolat, directed by Lasse Hallstrom and starring Juliette Binoche, Judy Dench and Johnny Depp. Music composed by Rachel Portman and the music is a favourite of my guest today, composer Juliet Merchant. I'm Jason Drury. Now throughout this interview you've mentioned a number of times this system Ableton Live. Can you please explain how it assists you in your composing? Um, it, is, it, it essentially records um, the music in a very simple way. So you have a MIDI keyboard and you play into it and it records the notes on there, puts them through either a piano or another instrument. It could be an electronic instrument, a classical instrument, and creates a sound. And on it, you can distort the sounds. You can make them funky. You can put in beats. You can put in drums. It's everything that you need to create a piece of music. I personally have never used Pro Tools, but if I am correct in saying there's Ableton Live, Logic, and Pro Tools. Ableton Live is uh, more for MIDI keyboard input and mainly more for electronic music. Logic is more for live music recording. So for example, if you have a guitar or like a piano, like a real instrument there, um, you can record through a microphone and it works very well that way. And I believe Pro Tools is kind of a mix in the middle. So if you use both, I think that is it. But don't quote me on that one because I've never used Pro Tools, so I don't know. <laughs> Just use Logic and Ableton Live. How else does technology assist you in your composing? Technology helps me in my work through creating it. I wouldn't be able to create, I mean, I would be able to create it in the first place, but it would be very slow. I commend all composers before me that wrote everything down as they went. It's so nice just being able to record and everything is recorded like for you. It's, it's, it's kind of simultaneously as you play. So it helps me create. It helps me find a unique sound it pushes music forward it breaks new boundaries of kind of when we went from classical music to electronic music there was a time where that didn't even exist and now we're using it and we're constructing it and finding new ways that music has never before sounded so that's very exciting and also perfecting it so when i don't have access to a large orchestra I can make some master on some really cool headphones by Sennheiser that make everything very perfectly pitched, which essentially means that if you mix a master well on any device, it should sound at least okay. <laughs> it shouldn't have a horrible mix and make anything sound too loud. With your composing, do you prefer to score orchestrally or electronics? It's definitely both. And... I just really like the hybrid mix of them both, you know? It, it's something interesting, and I think that there are a lot of orchestral composers out there, and I want to try something new. I want to try something dynamic and something that sounds a little odd, because I think that maybe suits my personality, um, as the people who are close to me probably know. Yeah, I want something to suit who I am, and I think that's what I inevitably make. So both, definitely. <laughs>
And that was a piece entitled It's All A Bit Late For That, composed by my guest today, Juliet Merchant. I am Jason Drury. Now, Juliet, which medium do you enjoy composing for the most, film or television? Um, definitely film for the cohesion. For example, for a TV series that you're kind of creating different things that are connected but are also different. I really like film because you can create one giant thing and it's, it's the same thing but in different moods. So I can sit there and be moody in one piece and a different mood in the other piece. And I don't know, that's generally kind of what I really like to do. Yeah. And I would love to compose for a game. I've never composed for a game before. I like to kind of see something visual and then create a mood out of it. But I like to be given maybe quite a lot of a space because I found that sometimes directors, they have one thing in mind. And if you don't create exactly what they're thinking of, they get cross. Now, away from composing, what type of music do you have to listen to? Um... So my music that my music taste is a little different actually from all of uh, the music that I create. But firstly, I I love listening to soundtracks. I think my favorite soundtracks are Inception. I love Dark Knight. I love Interstellar. It's those big sounds that Hans Zimmer creates that I find inspirational. I also like game music. I like Zelda and all of the generations that have come before. I think that's a wonderful soundtrack. And as I said, Final Fantasy, Joe Hisashi. Um, those are kind of my soundtrack preferences, but my own personal preference, I would say it's kind of, I would say it's kind of rock, maybe, uh, maybe even indie rock. So for example, I like The National, I like Wax Fang, I like Future Islands. I'm all, I'm just so inspired by these artists. They pour their soul out into their music and they kind of scream a little bit during and I love that kind of passion and energy that goes into their songs and it's it's similar kind of in putting your soul into a song that they do that I also want to do with my songs different sounds come out but it's I feel it's the same process that's happening there okay now back to your music which of the scores you have composed to this point in your career is the one that you are most proud of um so personally i love the last of 34 it's about the uh Burgess and mclean um the two spies during the cold war who because i have a fascination with russia got caught and they had to leave and i worked with a director to create a little piece on the emotional sentiment of how they might feel when they find out that they need to escape or they're going to be put in jail and God knows what immediately they have to leave their whole life behind at the drop of a hat. And I was in Russia at the time and I was very influenced by everything that was going on. And I used an accordion, which was really great. I love accordions so much. And I used my favorite instrument and it's very slow going, but I got some kind of essentially um, Hungarian scale influences in there and that was i don't know why i just really enjoyed making that probably what project are you working on at the moment well it's, it's kind of what i've said already is it's uh it's this kind of piece of where we're gathering as i said with caroline she's from pelican pictures is probably an easier way to say that so we're gonna try and get all people who feel oppressed and put them all together and make a narrative so for example we're going to ask them a question and find similarities in each answer and um, weave 
a storyline in in amongst them all. And yeah, I can't wait to do it. Really, I think it's going to be great. And finally, what do you see yourself working on in the future? I would love to be working on something that has a message that has great purpose in kind of their work. I specifically want to work with people who want to change the world for the better. That's what I want to do. For me, if my music is helping, that's what I want. I enjoy making music, but I can just make music for myself. I want my music to literally move people, whether that's through film, whether that's through documentary, even games, maybe TV, anything. Short films. I could still be doing short films, but as long as I'm making a point, that's what I want to do. And with that, Judith Merchant, many thanks. I do hope you have enjoyed this program on composer Judith Merchant. I leave you now with more of her music, a piece from the LGBTQ short she has recently worked on, Feel the Silence. The piece is entitled Women. Again, my thanks to Judith Merchant for joining us today and for Eric Woods for introducing this show. And until we meet again, from me, Jason Drury, is take care and happy listening. Thank you for listening to Cinematic Sound Radio. 
If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please email us at cinematicsound at yahoo.com. Don't forget to check us out at cinematicsound.net on the web, Sound Radio on Twitter, and Cinematic Sound on Facebook. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment right now to rate and review the show. It really helps get the show noticed. And don't forget to tell all your friends about the program as well. We really appreciate the support. And please check out our affiliate at Movie Scores and More Radio at moviescoreradio.com. <laughs>